Jesus pay it all for you? Well, let's stand up and sing it then. Jesus paid it all. Wednesday night, are you glad that Jesus paid it all? I am. I'm glad that uh, I don't have to pay anything else. Uh, the price has been paid on the cross of Calvary, and uh, the debt has been paid. But have you applied that payment to your account? Um, that's the question. Um, so anyway, glad you're here tonight, and uh, thankful for to see each and every one of your faces here, and uh, glad to have you all here. Glad to have the Winklers with us again. And uh, looking forward to hearing from them here in a, in a few moments. Um, but uh, let's go ahead and continue with a word of prayer. Uh, Lord, we're grateful for the fact that you did indeed paid, pay it all on the cross of Calvary for us. And uh, Lord, our sin uh, did leave a tremendous crimson stain, but, uh, but you washed it white as snow. And we just give you praise for that. And, and our lips will forever uh, repeat, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. And uh, Lord, we do uh, pray that you would help this service, Lord, to be pleasing to you. And also, Lord, I pray you'd use it to uh, draw us closer to yourself and to your will and to your plan for our life, especially when it comes to giving the gospel out into this world and into our own community. And uh, Lord, I pray you'd encourage us to that end tonight. And uh, thank you for this missionary couple that's here tonight. I pray, Lord, that you would just bless them as they continue their ministry. Thank you for their uh, faithfulness over these last couple decades, and I pray, Lord, that um, you would just continue to guide them and direct them and, and uh, provide for their needs. And Lord, I pray that uh, you would just bless this time together now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Uh, once again, thank you for being here tonight, and uh, it's always good to Gather together as God's people right in the middle of the week. Uh, it's something that we all need. I did want to, uh, well, normally we start with our uh, 
prayer or monthly memory verse, but um, I did want to read a uh, note that we received from uh, Miss Connie. So, uh, Miss Connie, if you're watching, uh, we got your uh, your note here, and uh, we are continuing to pray for you. Um, but she here uh, sends a card, says that the kindness of others is a genuine reflection of the kindness of God. Thank you. She says, Pastor in church, Doyle and I are so grateful for all the cards from our church and our church family. Thank you for all the thoughts and prayers. This journey has just begun, so please continue to pray for complete healing. May God forever bless you all. Love, Connie and Doyle. And uh, so we do love you both. And uh, her treatment starts, um, was it tomorrow? And it's an eight-hour treatment, eight- to nine-hour treatment starting tomorrow. Um, And I think she has five or six others. They're not as long. They're about four or five hours each. But still, um, she's got a long road ahead of her um, dealing with uh, the treatment there for cancer. So uh, keep keep her in your prayers if you would. And uh, I know that uh, a card here and there would be a great blessing to them. Okay, so our monthly uh, memory verse, Psalm 119, verse 2. Does anybody have that memorized? We'd like to quote it tonight. Oh, you didn't need to raise your hand if you're one of the ones. Oh, we do have one. Thank you. Excellently done. Wonderful. Great job. She did do a great job. Okay. All right. Any others tonight? All right. Well, let's go ahead and quote that to get, or read it together. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. Psalm 119.2. All right. And a couple quick announcements as we do every week. I want to mention the deacons meeting and board of directors meeting will be tomorrow evening at 6.30 in our conference room. want to remind everybody about that. That applies too. Um, and then this Friday and Saturday is our teen garage sale. We do have many of the items that we've already received kind of they're starting to display them and price them and all that. Um, they're over in the uh, fellowship hall. And uh, so tonight afterwards, if you haven't been over there, you can get a sneak peek and uh, see what's available, and, uh, and then make sure you come on Friday or Saturday and uh, get some good deals and help the youth group. And so uh, if it says $3, you don't have to just pay $3. You can pay 5 if you want to, okay? And uh, so there will also be a reminder for those who signed up for the bake sale, just a reminder uh, if we could have those items uh, Friday or Saturday. I'm not sure whichever one you're able to bring them to. That would be great. Uh, but just a reminder on that. I uh, want to mention there's a GAP dinner at Alfredo's. And uh, for those who are new in our church, what does GAP mean? Uh, what does it mean? <laughs> we always forget. <laughs> Gracefully aging people. Is that what it means? So uh, basically, just that, that means anyone from uh, 30 to 55, I think, is where we kind of uh, put the, the, the age range there. And uh, the idea for that is uh, couples, we're going to, for from ages 30 to 55, we're going to meet at uh, Alfredo's on the September 26th. So it's not this Saturday, it's a week from this Saturday, though, and uh, we'll have a good time together enjoying good Mexican food and good fellowship. So, and there'll be a teen activity, Brother Blake uh, has been talking to folks about that, that'll be a lot of fun. 
as well. And then the other thing that we've mentioned is uh, we will be doing a fourth Sunday fellowship meal, uh, not this Sunday, but the following Sunday, and uh, we'll be uh, enjoying that together. No evening service that night. We'll have a little devotional after the, after the meal there in the fellowship hall, um, but uh, that'll, that'll be a great time together. This Sunday, uh, it's not on the announcements per se, but the children are going to be doing a special presentation to um, let us know kind of what they've been learning in Sunday school and all of that. And uh, we did that last year. We're doing it again this year. And uh, that'll be a special time to see the children and to hear uh, some of the things that they've been learning uh, from the Word of God and looking forward to that uh, time together. So that's this Sunday during the morning service. All right, I think that's all the announcements uh, we have here. I'm going to ask Brother uh, Terry Kenyon, there he is, uh, to go ahead and uh, come on up and read our missionary letter for the week. And uh, this is, um, we're going to be reading the Lowry family, the other missionary, so the, the missionary that we support to, the, to Croatia which uh, the Winklers um, are missionaries to Croatia as well, um, but the Lowrys are ones we recently uh, took on for some for support um, sometime late last year. And uh, so, anyway, Brother Terry, go ahead and come on up and uh, read that letter if you would, and I think you're going to also mention the Brinkleys as well. Yeah. Yep. Okay, well, not everybody in the world is as blessed as we are to live in Oklahoma. That's for sure. The Lord's been good to us, and... Uh, you know, we're kind of getting around. It's pretty much almost normal here, but uh, a lot of people aren't. So anyway, the Lowry's are having a lot of difficulties. COVID's caused a lot because of the shutdowns. Uh, things have kind of piled up on them, and so they just have a lot of things. Basically, they just need, you know, as all our missionaries do, uh, they need our prayers. And if you're interested in getting the missionary letters, you can get with... Uh, that You can get them on the church website or get on a list... Contact Dolores Bubier and she go uh, with your email and she can uh, email them to you. She puts those out a couple times a month. But anyway, the Lowry's are, uh, give us a verse, Ephesians 6, 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world and against spiritual wickedness in high places. Uh, Satan's been really busy during this time of COVID. The Lowry's have a, a number of issues that I'd just like to bring up. Their visa expired since uh, June the, the 20th because all the offices are closed. So because they, they don't have a visa, they can't drive our car. They can't drive their car around, so they don't have transportation. Um, the kids are uh, under siege, they'd say, which probably spiritually. They're a little uh, discouraged and under some stress. They've had some uh, families that have left the church. Uh, several have left. They've got one uh, family that's kind of caught up in Calvinism, and then uh, they need us to pray for the cold hearts in and out of church. And then they've had some added expenses with ER visits and, uh, and a trip to the dentist. And they've had some people that were going to come there. They were going to go on a... Um, a um, furlough themselves for a little bit, but they had some people that were going to come. The people that were, I don't know if any of you knew, uh, Ralph Julianson and his wife, they uh, were helping them, and they did, but they came back, and then they got stuck here. Now they're here in the States taking care of his uh, father, who's uh, aging and ill. 
and then they had another couple that was supposed to come, Brother Smith, to do some of the preaching, but they're not back. And anyway, so they had to cancel their furlough. So anyway, just just pray for the Lowrys and uh, also in tune with his people, missionaries in prayer, the Brinkleys, we've uh, heard about their struggles, and I think their letter was read here a month or so ago, but just to update you a little bit uh, on what they're doing, uh, Dylan, their son, uh, continues to have dialysis by chest port three times a week, and will soon be uh, changing to more long-term dialysis, and so they are... Uh, they're hoping they have some donor volunteers that have tested uh, for, for dialing. He's, his, cancer, or his kidneys have shut down, so he needs a new kiss, uh, kidney. But they've got five people that are being tested that be, would be willing to be donors, so we need to pray. If that'll work out for one of them, uh, that that might work. And then uh, And so anyway, his, uh, the father has found he's got uh, prostate cancer and needs a, a full remo removal surgery, and they're still waiting on that. So anyway, they are thankful, though, that after four months of the COVID uh, lockdown in Scotland, they're able to reopen the churches for services again. So there are some bright spots. But Heavenly Father, we just uh, thank you, Lord that you give us the opportunity, Lord, to take a part in uh, the uh, works of missionaries around the world. We thank you for the Lowrys and for the Brinkleys and for all our missionaries, Lord. Pray that you will be with the uh, uh, Lowrys to meet their needs, with their, their visa, meet their physical and uh, emotional and their financial needs, Lord. We pray for their spiritual uh, protection, Lord. Pray that you will incur uh, send someone to encourage them, help us to encourage them with our prayer, and uh, be also with the Brinkley's Lord in their health issues, uh, especially uh, Dylan, we pray that they'll find a match with the kidney for him, Lord, and that uh, everything will go smoothly with uh, Russell and his uh, prostate cancer, that they'll be able to uh, get everything squared away with that, and they'll be back to full health and, and going forward for you, Lord. So we know that uh, this is a time of a valley for some people, uh, many people around the world, many of our missionaries. We pray that you will, we know that you are with us always, Lord, so we thank you for that. And I pray that you will uh, just uh, help these missionaries to feel your presence and uh, your encouragement and our encouragement for, for them, Lord. We love you. We love our missionaries and pray that you'll just bless them and uh, we know that you hear our prayers and pray that you'll answer them all according to your will and that your name might be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. Well, thank you for that. And a reminder to keep praying for our uh, Missionary of the Month, the Brewers, um, as uh, they continue to serve the Lord as well. All right. Um, prayer requests. We're going to just take a quick moment here and uh, update any prayer requests that uh, you might have. Uh, anything uh, on the prayer sheet that needs to be updated and or added? Uh, yes, Brother Kenyon.
Okay. Now it's Alan. Did you say Alan? Hal. Hal. Hal Deesom. Okay. Great. We'll pray for that. Any others tonight? Brother David? I heard about that. Okay. Foot surgery tomorrow. What time is that surgery? Do you know? Morning? Okay. So if you think about it at that time, uh, I know that uh, they would appreciate your prayers. For those who are maybe traveling to work or getting ready for work, uh, that's a good time to to pray for that that surgery. Brother Cooper. Amen. <laughs> yeah. So the first name again? Lynn. Okay. So pray for Lynn. Lynn, as uh, he recovers from this accident, um, praise the Lord that he's able to walk away from all that. Praise the Lord. All right. Any others? Yes, sir. Brother Chuck. Any others tonight? Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. God is good. God's good if you, even if you didn't get it, but but He's good when you get it too. All right. Any others tonight? I saw a couple. Yes, ma'am. Miss Stephanie.
There was another hand, I think, over here somewhere, maybe. Oh, yeah. He's down on his back. Okay. Pray for Brent's back. Problem with with your back is when it goes down. It's not like you have another one that you can rely upon. You know, you know. Like if you mess up your thumb, well, you got another one. But with your back, you only have one back. So, yeah. So, so pray for Brent if you would. I know he'd appreciate our prayer, your prayers on that. Anybody else tonight? Good. All right. Well, let's go ahead and go to the Lord on behalf of these. And I don't know that I'm going to mention all of them, but. Um, for sake of time, but uh, please take these this week and, and uh, do pray for these requests if you would. Our Father, we come before you tonight. We thank you for being our Heavenly Father who loves us, who cares for us, who knows all that we're going through. And uh, Lord, I thank you that you delight to hear our prayers and that you have the power and the ability to answer our prayers according to what's best for um, our situation and uh, Lord, we just trust you to have your will accomplished with each of these. Lord, I do want to uh, pray for uh, Nikki's um, sister as she goes in for surgery tomorrow. Lord, that that would go very well and uh, that it would accomplish what it needs to and that you would help her to recover well. Um, I do pray for Miss Connie as she begins her treatment tomorrow. I know she's gone through a lot to even get to this point, and I do pray for her to not have any major side effects from the uh, the treatment, but that, Lord, it would do what it's meant to do to remove this cancer and to kill it. And I pray, Lord, that it would and and that uh, you would give her strength and, and uh, doyle wisdom as well and comfort as they go through this season. Uh, well, I do pray again for complete healing there. I do pray for Mary uh, McCornack's mom that uh, you would just grant her wisdom as she uh, tries to kind of uh, figure out what to do here and for your will to be accomplished in her life. And then also for Tim, as he recovers from uh, the accident there, pray that, again, it would be a full and complete uh, recovery. I pray, Lord, for Jeff as he uh, has COVID and it's not looking super good. I do pray that uh, you would help him to get better very soon and, and that he would get back up on his feet and, and uh, get back to protecting our highways. I do pray for our brother Brent um, with his back situation. Lord, I pray that uh, he would uh, feel better very soon. Uh, I know that that's a, that's a frustrating ailment. And uh, I do pray, Lord, that you would touch him and heal him. And uh, Lord, we do pray for uh, uh, Hal De Decium uh, there with his elbow and wrist situation, that you might uh, bless that. And Lord, we do thank you for how you blessed with Chuck's job situation, and uh, we pray, Lord, you'd use him to be a witness and testimony there, and that you would use it to provide for his family's needs. And uh, Lord, I do thank you for how you've blessed in that situation. And uh, Lord, we do ask again that you would bless the rest of this service. May it be to your honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, could we stand one more time and uh, sing uh, page number 811 in your hymnal, just a chorus, His Name is Wonderful. His name is wonderful. His name is wonderful. 
be seated. Ron, if you want to go ahead and head on up here, and uh, it has been great to catch up with uh, the Winklers. Um, they were juniors when I was a freshman in college, um, and uh, so the Lord has uh, gave us those couple years together before you graduated, and uh, we, we kind of formed a friendship there. Uh, he was, I remember you doing Greek, and you carrying the briefcase, I remember that. Uh, back in the day. That's when it was cool to carry a briefcase to Bible college. It's not cool anymore. Now you got to have your laptop laptop satchel or whatever it is, the man, the Merce or whatever it is. But anyway, um, I appreciate their faithfulness. And we've, we've kind of crossed paths a few times over these last couple decades. Um, once when we were in California and we uh, did a little internet project uh, when you were in Estonia. But Anyway, it's just been great to kind of reconnect and, uh, and uh, catch up a little bit, but I'm looking forward to what the Lord has for us through you, and uh, he's going to kind of share a little bit about their ministry and then preach for us in a little bit. So I'll turn it over to you, brother. Amen. All right, it is good to be here tonight. It is good to, uh, uh, for us to just be able to get reconnected with your pastor and uh, I appreciate you, brother, just letting us, uh, kind of just sticking us in here and kind of last minute without any notice, and uh, we we appreciate it uh, greatly, and we appreciate uh, the time over dinner tonight, the meal, and just being able to reconnect a little bit. And uh, so, yeah, back in uh, back in the day, it was briefcase, amen. I don't have a brief, briefcase anymore. I tried to get my boys, who um, one of my boys is in college right now, I tried to get him to get a briefcase, but he would not do it. So, very rebellious young man. Um, anyways, uh, it is good to be here tonight, good to uh, get to meet you folks, and uh, I hope that you'll go back by our table and get one of our prayer cards on the way out, and just want to ask you to pray for us as we uh, are uh, just ministering and working in Croatia. We... Um, have been there for uh, about a year and nine months. Uh, went there in uh, January of 2019, and prior to that, we were in uh, uh, Russia for for uh, several years. Uh, since 2003, we've been missionaries, but uh, five years in Russia, ten years in the country of Estonia, working also with Russian-speaking people, and now in Croatia. Uh, they are not Russian people, and they don't speak Russian. So we have a task ahead of us to learn the Croatian language, and um, they tell us that as you get older, it's harder to learn a language. And so we'll see if that's true or not. So far, it is very uh, uh, difficult, but we're thankful that it's a little bit like the Russian language. So we're, we kind of cheated there, but uh, <laughs> we're, we take all the shortcuts we can get, amen? So, uh, so we, we, like I said, we've been there. It's a little bit of a change in our ministry um, and, in that we are uh, working with uh, another family. And uh, you guys, you know the Lowry's, and they're about an hour, hour and a half from us. And we've gotten together several times and uh, for Thanksgiving, Christmas, uh, a couple of times I've preached for him while he was gone. And uh, so we have gotten to know them, uh, great people and uh, just uh, become a part of our family on the field. And so, uh, so we're thankful for them and the work that they're doing there and the zeal that they have. 
Uh, we're up about uh, an hour, hour and a half, like I said, north of of where they are in the capital, and uh, we work with the Leslie family, as you'll see in the video in just a minute, and uh, they have been on the field of Croatia for 20 years, and we're working with them, and they have, uh, of course, a Croatian uh, church and a gypsy church, so our uh, ministry went from uh, working with Russians to Croatians and also to gypsies, so uh, that's a new twist as well, and uh, uh, we went in there. Um, they have, gypsies, as you know, are very are the kind of the outcasts you could say of society. Um, there's a lot of gypsies in that area of of Croatia. Of uh, also there in Hungary and Romania, and uh, and I didn't know this until recently. But the gypsies are uh, were very persecuted during World War II. You hear about the Holocaust and the killing of the Jews, but the gypsies. Uh, were rounded up by Hitler, too, and killed. Um, but we don't really hear much about that. But uh, we have an opportunity, though, to go into their villages and, uh, and preach the gospel to them. Uh, we help the Leslies do whatever needs to be done as we try to learn the language and uh, just kind of help keep control of the kids' services. And uh, uh, just, it, it, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's really a neat thing just to go to a people that... Uh, most of society doesn't like, and to be able to take the gospel to them. And that's just a really a, a, a neat uh, ministry that uh, we, we knew that they had this ministry, but we, we uh, didn't know much about it until we really went there and started working with these people. And just, you know, we have fallen in love with them, the kids. Um, they come up to my wife and uh, sit on her lap, and she gives them hugs and high fives, and, you know, and uh, we play around with them, and, and uh, they're just, uh, they're great kids, and they need the gospel, and uh, they live a very difficult life. And uh, so as you think about it, pray uh, for us as we uh, go back at the end of October uh, to Croatia and uh, continue working uh, with the Leslies and working in the Gypsy Village and learning the language and and everything that we're trying to do is, is for one purpose, and that is to get the gospel uh, to the people that we minister to. I hope the uh, video will be a blessing to you. Amen. Located on the coast of the Adriatic Sea, east of Italy, Croatia is a beautiful country. Natural wonders, stunning sunsets, beautiful islands, and majestic mountains are some of God's handiwork in this European country. The sights are breathtaking, and people come from all over the world to enjoy the splendor and beauty that Croatia offers. Some may even consider Croatia a paradise on earth. But when you stop and look, really look, you'll see that there is more to this little country than the sights that attract 20 million tourists each year. If we look at Croatia through God's eyes, we will see the people, four million people with eternal souls in need of the gospel. Sadly, the Croatian people have been steeped in traditional religion for centuries. Many have no meaningful ties to the religion, yet they blindly follow the empty rituals, hoping it will help them find favor with God. Their devotion to religion keeps them in darkness, and uninterested in hearing the truth.
A growing trend among younger Croatians is to reject traditional religion and claim atheism. To them, life is about living for the moment and pleasing self. They long for happiness and are searching for the meaning of life. As Bible believers, we have the answer these people are longing for. We know that God, in His great love, is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. However, Romans 10.14 asks us some thought-provoking questions. How then shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? In January of 2019, after spending almost 16 years working with Russian-speaking people, our family followed God's leading to go to Croatia. We teamed up with veteran missionaries Johnny and Tori Leslie, who have served in Croatia for 20 years. God has done great and mighty things through this dedicated couple, and it's exciting to be working with them to reach the Croatian people with the gospel. Approximately 10 years ago, the Leslie started an independent Baptist church in Varazdin, a city of 47,000 people located in the far north of Croatia. Even though Varazdin boasts of having more Catholic churches per capita than any other city in Croatia, God has raised up a small Baptist church with dedicated Christians that have a passion to reach the lost. It is our desire to be effective in the gospel ministry in Croatia, and so presently, learning the Croatian language is one of our top priorities. Though Russian and Croatian are two unique and different languages, there are enough similarities that our knowledge of the Russian language has been helpful and has given us a bit of a head start in our study of the Croatian language. Right now, our family has a very basic communication skill in the language, but there is still much to learn, and we look forward to continuing our studies. It is such a joy that God has called us to serve alongside the Leslies at Pobednici Neovisna Baptistička Srkva. As we progress in our language abilities, we are able to help more in the ministry. Being involved in serving gives us much needed practice in the language, while it also knits our hearts in a deeper way to the Croatian people. One of the highlights of our week is helping in the Gypsy Village Ministry. There is a large population of Gypsies that live in villages throughout northern Croatia. In the village of Kershenitz, there is a red 20-foot metal shipping container that is used for a church. About three years ago, the Leslie started having services and kids programs to reach the Gypsies there. Week after week, kids crowded into the little room to sing songs, play games, learn Bible verses, and hear a Bible lesson. It wasn't long before this converted shipping container was much too small for the large number of kids that were attending each week. Recently, Brother Leslie discovered that the house right in front of our church container was available for us to purchase. The Lord miraculously answered our prayers and provided the finances to purchase this facility. What a blessing to have a building with a room large enough for all the kids. Each Saturday morning, little ones fill the large classroom in the basement. These children live in great poverty. Most of them lack proper clothing, food, and shelter. 
Despite their heartbreaking situation, they arrive each week with big smiles on their faces. From the moment they arrive until we wave goodbye to the last one, we endeavor to show these children our love for them. Most importantly, we make sure they know that God loves them. On Sunday afternoons, the room fills up again with older kids. They enjoy team competitions, quoting Bible memory verses, singing, and games. When God's Word is open for the weekly lesson, the young people listen attentively. The greatest joy of this ministry is when a young person receives Jesus as their personal Savior. We pack a lot of fun, activities, and Bible in each week, but our main purpose is to see kids saved and lives changed. Having an actual building also allowed us to begin a Wednesday night service for adults. The first few months were challenging, and we could tell Satan was fighting. But as the weeks passed and services continued, we began to see God work despite Satan's distractions. What a joy to see people fill the room and often have to use extra chairs for these Wednesday night services. It's encouraging to see many become faithful despite the ongoing challenges of this ministry. The Bible teaches us that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. What a tremendous joy it is to see God's power at work as the Holy Spirit brings conviction through Bible preaching and teaching and people are saved. We are excited about what the Lord is doing in Croatia and know this would not be possible without having you as co-laborers. Thank you for this opportunity to show you what God is doing in northern Croatia. Your role in our ministry is vital and we humbly thank you for your prayers and support. It is our great joy to share with you fruit that has been added to your account. We covet your prayers as we labor together for souls in Croatia. And kind of showed you what, uh, what's going on in Croatia. And I want to ask you to turn in your Bibles tonight to Matthew chapter 9. And uh, as you're turning there, if anybody has a question, I can probably have time to take one or two questions. Uh, that'd be great if anyone has a quick question. We can fit that in right now. And then afterwards, feel free to, uh, to grill us at the table and uh, ask some questions. Does anybody have a quick question? All right, maybe... Yes, sir? You said that the, uh, the gypsy ministry, is it as hard to reach them there in Croatia as in other countries? I know in uh, Romania, uh, Iraq. Uh, sure. The, uh, the gypsies are actually, in where we are, they're, they tend to be, um, right now, more open than even the Croatian people. Um, uh, they... Uh, they see us go in there every week several times. Uh, one update we have is that there's also a Sunday night uh, church service there. Uh, so it's Sunday night, Wednesday night, uh, Saturday morning, Sunday afternoon. So we're there a lot. They see us. Um, and uh, so the uh, they, they know that we come in there. They know that, uh, you know, we... Try to preach the gospel, and uh, and so 
they're they're more open. They come, they listen, and and uh, probably have more salvations in that ministry than the Croatian. But um, but the problem there is always just the area, their village. <laughs> it's it's. Uh, um, it's full of immorality, drug use, alcohol. Um, the fights are all the time, you know, just that lifestyle. They steal from each other. So, uh, so there's, a, there's always issues, you know, and uh, Brother Johnny, our, our colleague there, he's always, he, he's the one that speaks Croatian, so he gets to deal with all that. And he's like, I wish you would learn Croatian, but anyways. <laughs> and uh, so... Uh, so yeah, they're a little bit more open, and so they're yes, sir. Is the uh, the local government is it uh, open for you guys being there? Are yes. 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 Yeah, no problems there. We have uh, really complete freedom. Uh, um, so the Independent Baptist Church is registered there. And so we can start churches anywhere around the country under that umbrella. So it's really neat. So, okay, um, if uh, we'll go to Matthew chapter nine now, and uh, if you have questions, uh, save them for me. Okay, I want to get I want to answer your questions, but uh, uh, for the sake of time, want to get into the message, and then uh, afterwards, uh, feel free to uh, to uh, come by and, and talk with us, and we would really enjoy that. Okay, Matthew chapter nine. And verse number uh, 35 through 38, the Bible says, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep, having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're thankful tonight for just the opportunity once again to be in your house. And Lord, we're thankful for that freedom that we have. Lord, we know that in some places, even here in America, that freedom is being threatened. We pray that you would intercede on their behalf, and uh, we pray, God, that you would uh, bless our time here around your word. I thank you that we can open it and read it and be encouraged by it. And Lord, I just thank you for the opportunity once again uh, to, uh, to share our ministry and to show what you've done, and uh, just pray that you would... Be honored and glorified tonight uh, as your word is preached. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Now, I'm sure that uh, this passage of Scripture is well known to you. Um, I would imagine you've heard it several times preached, and, and uh, I don't, uh, I'm not coming here with anything new for you tonight. I want to just try to uh, be a, maybe just give a reminder of some sorts, and uh, uh, just pray, I've been praying that it would, would just be a blessing and a help, as maybe it's new for somebody, I'm not sure, maybe uh, someone's heard it before, maybe, I don't know, but whatever the needs are tonight, I just want to uh, try to, from this passage of Scripture, just remind us of some of our responsibilities, okay? And so, 
I want to draw your attention here to verse 36, okay? Verse 36 is talking about here, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them. And when we hear the word compassion, we usually think of some kindness maybe that's been done to us, or uh, maybe we think of uh, uh, maybe showing sympathy for somebody, Uh, and it wouldn't be wrong to think that, but... Uh, as I was studying that word compassion, uh, it's, uh, it really means that, uh, you know, there's somebody else's heartbreak is becoming your heartbreak. Another person's suffering has become your suffering. And uh, our mission director, uh, Dr. Sisk, back in the day, he would always say, compassion is your hurt in my heart. Okay, and uh, you know the Bible is full of stories of compassion. You know it's all over the pages of the Old Testament, and we can open up and read the Gospels, and and uh, you'll find compassion. You know the Bible talks of a God who had compassion for Israel. Even it tells of a Savior who who suffered for the world, and the Bible teaches us to live and to to act compassionately. You know, true compassion moves people to act. It moves people to do something. Compassion is an expression of of godly love towards others. And as we look at these verses quickly tonight, I want to just show you three ways that Jesus was moved with compassion. And I believe it's uh, three ways that we can also be moved uh, with compassion for people. You know, first I want to show you that Jesus showed compassion here by serving. He showed compassion by serving. We notice in our text in verse 35, it says, And Jesus went about all the cities and all the villages. He was doing what? He was teaching in their synagogues. Okay, He was preaching the gospel of the kingdom. He was healing every sickness. He was uh, uh, in every disease among the people. Everywhere that Jesus went, the first thing he did was he would try to find a, uh, he would find a Jewish synagogue and he'd start teaching and he would start preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And uh, he was teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, okay? So it's important uh, to see this truth from this text here is that, that, that uh, spiritual healing was more important to Christ than physical healing. You know, it was more important for Christ to declare the reality of the gospel and that he was the Messiah uh, they were, that they had been waiting for and that all men are sinners and, and that all men without Christ will uh, pay for their sins in hell. And that the only hope that they have really is to turn to Christ and to accept him as their Savior, because the Bible says, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name uh, under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. You know, when we understand the gospel, we understand tonight uh, that no church can save anyone, right? Uh, uh, No one person can save anyone. No preacher can save somebody. You know, and I'm going to go out and say this, not even the Pope can save anybody, amen? And uh, uh, we uh, in Croatia, 
uh, 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 really uh, hit that a lot because Catholicism is big there. And uh, you know what? Your good works can't save you. And, and I believe tonight we're, uh, uh, we all understand that. And it's only when we place our faith and trust in the name of Jesus that we can receive forgiveness of sins and we can receive a home in heaven. You know, after Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom, he would spend time healing the sick. You know, he did this, I believe, to, uh, to prove that he was indeed the Messiah. You know, the book of Matthew was written uh, to the Jews to, to prove to them that Jesus was the Messiah that they had been waiting for and that he was the fulfillment of all the Old Testament prophecies. And so he healed those who were spiritually sick. That was his message. He, he wanted people to know who he was and that they could trust him. And then secondly, we see here that, that he healed those who were physically sick. And this is where that, uh, he was involved in, in the ministry. He was always doing something. He was always trying to serve. You know, uh, if we go back to chapter 8 and chapter 9, we would see that he was indeed involved in the work of the ministry uh, and was always ministering to people. Chapters 8 and 9, we won't go back and read all those, of course, uh, for the sake of time, but uh, those two chapters cover about a two-day period of time. And and during those two days, Jesus uh, performed about 11 miracles. As we read through there, there's about 11 of them that we find. And why why did he do that? I mean, in two days, he, he did 11 miracles. He did that really to prove to the people who he was, to show them that he was, of course, the Messiah. You know, we, uh, we see that he healed the leper. He, it says that uh, great multitudes followed him, and, and I, I'm sure maybe they were following him for, uh, to see what he would do next. You know, uh, this was probably something new that had taken place in their area. It's like, wow, this, uh, he healed a leper. I mean, what's he going to do next, you know? And so, but Jesus uh, went on and didn't disappoint them. He, the Bible tells us he healed a Roman centurion servant who was sick of the palsy. He healed uh, Peter's mother-in-law who was sick. He healed her. After that, Jesus went out on a boat with his disciples. And, and then a huge storm came up, and we know the story. Uh, the, the disciples were in the boat. They thought it was going to sink. And the, the disciples went to Jesus, who was asleep there on the boat, and he woke up and said, we perish. And, uh, you know, Jesus simply spoke to the sea, and it was immediately calm. You know, we can read on and see he cast demons out of people. He gave people their sight back, and he, he raised a young girl from the dead. You know, I, I, I like to, to point out that it was... You know, Jesus could raise someone from the dead as easy as we can raise somebody out of sleep, you know, wake somebody up, you know, uh, uh, and that Jesus, he could forgive sin as easy as he could make somebody walk again. You know, uh, those things were not difficult for Jesus. And so Jesus did these miracles to prove who he was, that, hey, I can make this person walk again it would be obvious, hey, I can forgive sin, okay? Um, so we see here how he showed compassion by his 
by continually serving, by always uh, just serving people. And uh, we, we read this, and, and it ought to compel us to be people who serve too. You know, we have a local church right here and, and have opportunities to be involved uh, in the ministry ourselves right here in this church. And uh, boy, I tell you, when we do that, it shows our compassion for others. You know, Jesus showed compassion by serving. Secondly, he showed compassion by recognizing the condition of man. He recognized the condition of man. Let's look at verse 36. It says, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. All the while that Jesus was was serving, the Bible tells us multitudes followed him. It says all through chapter 8, great multitudes, that phrase, uh, those two words are often uh, there in that passage, great multitudes, and verse 18, great multitudes, verse 34, the whole city, uh, chapter 9, verse 8, multitudes, chapter 9, verse 36, it says multitudes, all right? I don't know about you tonight, but I don't like crowds. I don't like multitudes. <laughs> How many of you would agree with me? Not, not a big crowd person, okay? And um, uh, I'll tell you, um, we've been in some crowds uh, on the mission field uh, in Moscow when we were there. Uh, we were in the metro system, the subway system of Moscow. Millions of people in there every day we'll go on that thing. And there's just, I mean, you're just crowded together. Uh, just, you know, there was no social distancing going on there at all. And uh, um, in fact, you got to know people pretty well. You know that they ate garlic that day or sometime. But, uh, you know, you're just in there, and you're just crowded, and, and um, uh, you know, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's something that, personally, I don't care for. I like to have my space, just like most people do, okay? And, um, and so, when I see multitudes of people, I'll say, I'll come back later, <laughs> okay? The store parking lot is full, eh, I'll come back later at midnight when there's nobody in there, all right? And so, uh, if I see traffic on the road, you know, I'm going to try to go a different way. And, uh, uh, you know, so multitudes uh, are not what I enjoy running into, okay? Um, but when Jesus saw the multitudes, you know, what did he do? You know, he didn't look for a way out. He didn't say, there's too many people here, I'll come back later. No, he didn't do that, did he? He said, he, 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 the Bible says he was moved with compassion, because he saw the multitudes and he knew their spiritual condition. And I try, you know, as we see multitudes all over Croatia, you know, I think when we go to the capital, there's people everywhere. We live in a little area, uh, uh, not too many people, but um, there's a lot of people in our area, they're just spread out more. But in the capital, they're all in one spot usually. And, uh, and so, but I try to look and see, you know, look at all these people. You know, they are like what this, this verse says. They're, um, uh, they're like, it says, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. You know, <clears throat> so Jesus knew the multitude's spiritual condition. The Bible says, first of all, in that verse, that they fainted. 
You know, uh, when we don't eat properly or if we have maybe some health issues or it gets hot out, you know, we can become faint, can't we? You, we can become weak. And, uh, and Jesus, as he's looking at the multitude of people, knew that these people were spiritually weak. And the reason why they were spiritually weak was because the religious leaders, the scribes and the Pharisees, were not feeding the people spiritually. They were filling the people up with their traditions, and they weren't being instructed properly in the law of God. You know, Jesus also saw that they were scattered abroad like sheep. You know, uh, we know the story of sheep. (laughs) Uh, They're apt to go astray, aren't they, without having a shepherd. You know, uh, a sheep without a shepherd is not going to survive. You know, they are, they're slow animals. Uh, they, they don't know how to go hide somewhere. Uh, and uh, they're pretty um, not smart, I'll say. Okay. And so they need a shepherd. They need somebody to guide them. And that's how the Bible compares us <laughs> to sheep. <laughs> All right. And uh, you know, and I'd have to agree sometimes. We're apt to go astray, aren't we? And, um, you know, to get off track. And uh, so Jesus is comparing this, these multitudes to, to sheep that don't have a shepherd. And he wants them to. He wants them to have a shepherd. He wants them uh, to know that he is a great shepherd. You know, they had nobody to guide them spiritually. And the priests and the scribes and the Pharisees, they weren't doing their job. They could care less about the spiritual condition of the people. And you know, I can tell you from experience and where we've worked in Russia and Croatia that the priests don't care one bit about people. You know, not much has changed for today. Those priests are supposed to care about people's needs, but all they care about is the green stuff in their pocket. You know, as long as they get their pay and you pay them, they'll come over and bless your property, you know, your garden, and make it so it'll grow good. You know, as long as you pay them. If you want to get baptized, you got to pay them. Um, you know, it's, they're just do, that's basically their job. They perform their traditions, they get paid. You know, Jesus is moved by this. Jesus, you know didn't like that these people, these multitudes of people were just scattered abroad and, and walking around aimlessly like sheep without a shepherd. Nobody was leading them, guiding them, feeding them spiritually. I wonder today if we're moved by this. Are we moved by the multitudes of people? The Bible says in Romans 10, 14, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? You know, somebody needs to go tell them. And that somebody is us. Those who are saved. Those who see, can see the multitudes with spiritual eyesight and say, hey, these people need the Lord. They need Christ. They need salvation. You know, someone said, uh, a sinner doesn't know his own sin, but it's our job to make him see it. We have a responsibility, don't we? To see the multitudes like Jesus saw them. So Jesus showed compassion by serving. He showed compassion 
by recognizing the condition of man. And then lastly, tonight he showed his compassion by his prayer request for laborers. His prayer request for laborers. In verse 37, the Bible says, Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. So we see in the story as Jesus looked on the multitudes, he he saw their spiritually destitute condition. And it caused him to, to plead with his disciples to pray to God that he would send more laborers. Chapters 8 and 9 were written really, to, I believe, to, to get us to see the truth of this verse, verse 38. And I, I believe the truth is this, it's time that it's time for believers to be involved. Okay, why is that? Because up until now, in this story, Jesus has been doing everything. He's been doing all the teaching and all the preaching. He does all the healing and all the miracles. Everything that's been done has been done by Christ. But now, Jesus comes here to verse 38. He says, pray ye the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. We see that, we see here Christ's only prayer request. He tells his disciples to pray and to ask God for laborers. He says, pray you. This is a a passionate request. Like he's He's begging his disciples to to pray and to ask God for more laborers. Isn't it true in any church that there's always a problem with laborers? There's always a need for another teacher, always a need for for more people to go out and and, uh, spread the gospel and invite people to church and, and work with people. There's always a need for laborers. We notice here, too, the, the word send forth. This has that meaning to, to, to thrust out. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth. Thrust out. Force out. Because it's talking about some urgent necessity here. There's an urgent necessity for us to pray so that... Uh, to God that He will send forth more laborers out to the harvest field. It's interesting here to note that the people Jesus asked to pray for laborers became the laborers. That's always, you know, the the thing we we hear about. You know, I started to, and you know, really uh, one of my tests, I just started praying that God would send laborers, and we would go to missions prayer band and and school and pray and. Uh, you get to praying for these missionaries, and God starts saying, hey, why don't you be a laborer? <laughs> why don't you be a laborer? Amen? And uh, yet, we, we need to pray urgently for laborers. Laborers to go into his harvest. You know, as we close tonight, I'm prayerful that we will be reminded about the compassion that Jesus had. Jesus showed his compassion by his service. You know, the message of the gospel we talked about is a message of compassion, really. 
The Bible says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know, He also showed compassion by seeing the true condition of man. We know, as we're here tonight, that man is lost in sin. And it's our job. We've been commissioned. It's our job to show uh, uh, that sinner the way to the Savior. He showed compassion also by his prayer request for laborers. He encouraged and he pleaded and he begged his disciples to pray to God to send out these, these laborers into the harvest field. You know, there's a physical harvest, you know, there's, uh, in our area in Croatia, there's corn everywhere. And uh, boy, I tell you, during harvest time, there are tractors and combines and whatever else is out there uh, just uh, getting all this stuff in. Uh, and uh, boy, I tell you, there's wheat and they're harvesting all that. And, you know, if they don't get the, to that on time, you know, they'll lose it. It won't be valuable anymore. They, they can't sell it. They can't feed it to their animals or whatever they do. And you know, it's harvest time, isn't it? Too many Christians are asleep while it's harvest time. We're not going out and getting the spiritual harvest while we still can. Unfortunately, the spiritual harvest isn't important to us. And I hope it will be to, to each of us here tonight. I hope that as we look at this passage of Scripture again, that, you know, that we would be the compassionate people that Jesus is talking about, that, that Jesus was. Jesus was, showed compassion to people. And so I hope tonight that as we look at this, that you folks too would be compassionate people. And uh, I know that you are. And I uh, just want to try to encourage you to look at this through Jesus' eyes tonight and to uh, pray for laborers for the harvest field. Let's pray tonight. Heavenly Father, I thank you for, again, the opportunity to open up your word. Lord, I thank you for each of the folks here tonight that have listened so well. And Lord, maybe this is something they've all heard before, but Lord, may it be a reminder to us that we need, Lord, to be like you and have compassion on the multitudes. Lord, to see people with not just as uh, inconvenience or in my way, or, but as people with souls that will spend eternity somewhere. Lord, I pray that we would just be reminded once again to look on people, not with our own eyes, but with yours, and see their lost condition and their need for Christ. Lord, thank you for all this church does for missions already. Lord, I look at their list of missionaries, and it's obvious to see the heart that they have for missions and Lord, we're thankful for that. And uh, thank you for this church, for this pastor. I pray that you would have your hand of blessing upon each of them tonight, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother Winkler. And uh, here was a family that was willing to be sent forth and uh, willing to go to three different countries um, over the course of their ministry. And well, I four if you count the United States, because you guys spent some time here. And, uh, well, God's called us to the United States. Um, are we being faithful to do what he preached tonight? 
to be faithful serving, to be faithful uh, recognizing those around us and those who we work with, those who we live next to, those who we go to the grocery store with or see at the grocery store. Are we looking at them through the eyes of Christ or are we just, they're just another person and that we have to do business with and move on? Um, and then are we willing to pray and to be the answer to those prayers? It is interesting that uh, after chapter 9 of Matthew comes chapter 10. Yeah, you learn something every time you come to church. Chapter 10 comes after chapter 9, but at chapter 10 begins with Jesus calling the disciples to go forth and preach. And so like he said, uh, the people he was talking to uh, became the answer to those prayers. So who's going to reach more Oklahoma? Is it going to be the politicians? Is it going to be the city council? No, I mean, it's, it's the people in this room, right? And it's in the people sitting in the pews and churches all over this town. That's, we're the ones that have to be the ones to go and reach this community. And, uh, you know, I know what you're thinking, Pastor, yeah, you need to be reaching this community. Well, yeah, you're right, I do. But not because I'm the pastor of this church, but because I'm a believer, because I'm a Christian. And if we're not careful, we can get into the mindset that, hey, I'm going to go and, you know, who can I pay to do this? You know, I got somebody that takes care of my yard. I've got somebody that takes care of, you know, uh, my pool. I've got somebody that does my hair. Okay, I don't actually have anybody that does my hair, but you get the idea. I have somebody that does my nails. I have somebody, I have somebody that goes and gets the gospel out into our community. Um, and uh, we get to the idea where, hey, we support missionaries that go and carry the gospel to the regions beyond, but who's going to carry the gospel to our own Jerusalem? And uh, this one we can't outsource. This one we can't hire out. Um, we're the ones that need to do it. And if we don't, no one's going to. We can't depend upon... Uh, the election coming up in November to fix all the spiritual uh, condition of the people of the multitudes. Now, it's important to vote. It's important to uh, vote biblically and all of that, but uh, that's not going to change people's eternities, okay? Um, what we do as believers in getting the gospel out is of utmost importance. And so let's uh, recommit ourselves to that. Now, I'm not saying you need to come out every Saturday morning uh, and uh, be part of our outreach time. But it should be part of some type of outreach personally. Um, you don't have to be part of our organized time, but you should be an active uh, participant in getting the gospel out in some way, shape, or form in your life. Um, and uh, you just say, well, I can't make it on Saturdays because this, that, and the other, so I'm off the hook for being a soul winner. Nope. Uh, nice try. <laughs> we all have a responsibility, right, to get the gospel out. So let's, let's do that. So thanks for that reminder tonight, Brother Ron. That was a blessing and, uh, and an encouragement. Let's all stand together. We'll be dismissed in a word of prayer. Um, I heard that uh, brother, brother Ron really loves big crowds, so if you want to gather around him tonight afterwards and uh, bombard him with questions and just close in real close. Uh, and uh, it sounds like he's a little claustrophobic, so. <laughs> uh, but I'm with you on that one. 
Anyway, it's been a good night in the house of the Lord. Thank you for being here tonight. Let's pray. Lord, we're uh, grateful for what we uh, got to hear and see in uh, this family's ministry. And Father, we do pray that you would uh, just bless them and multiply their efforts. I pray, Lord, that you would use them mightily as they get the gospel out there in Croatia. 